I need higher level conversations. I just need like people who are in the caliber that I desire because I need that like iron sharpens iron. I am in this place in my life right now where I don't want to be talking with people who are just like in ideation phase and haven't really like fleshed out their business for a year or two or done the work because I need to be around people who get it. That's Crystal Fabella. I'm Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Oh my gosh, crazy. The last time I saw you, we were in Brooklyn. I know. Ah. And I was so happy that you got to come and be there. Like it just worked out timing wise. Yeah, the alignment of that. It was, yeah. And I was like, I felt like I was due to see you soon. And every time I was in the OC, it just never worked out. I know. Well, let's begin by telling everyone who you are, where you are, and what you're up to in the world. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be on the Powerful Ladies podcast. What a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is Crystal Fabella. I am the founder and creator of Filipina on the Rise podcast and media company, which seeks to uplift and spotlight Filipino women around the world, promote cultural excellence, and celebrate what it means to be a Filipina. Where I am right now is Austin, Texas in my apartment. And what I am up to is Wow. On a professional level, about six months ago, I decided to go full-time on Philippine on the Rise. And honestly, it's just been a lot of of growing into what it means to be a full-time entrepreneur, um, putting away what I thought was a priority and actually um, tightening up for the right ones and really working through my own, um, my own shadows and insecurities in order to step into the leader that I have to be. That sounds very vague, but what that really means is just continuing to cut out and do less and do less more and more and learning how to value myself if I didn't get the results that I wanted. And, and now I've honestly, in the past week, I've just felt really freed um, it, with the realization that it's actually time to do what I love again and what makes me passionate again and find a way to light the fuel um, instead of just producing content to produce it. I think so many people do that. And so Kara, what I've been mm-hmm. up to is actually doing a lot of letting go and being okay with a wide open space. I'm hiring. Um, I just found the, the the person that I wanted to hire, which is so exciting. Um, so receiving help and also getting ready to launch a crowdfund and also getting ready to go to the Philippines in a month for the first time in six years. So just a few things that you're up to, no big deal. <laughs> and we we had the pleasure of meeting a couple of years ago when you were still working a day job, creating this on the side. You already had a pretty strong following in your book club at the time. So when we met a couple of years ago, you were right in the beginning of transitioning it, you know, Filipinas on the rise from something that you were doing out of pure love and passion for wanting the community to be seen and heard and connected to saying like this is a business now like this is really what I how I want to spend my time and how I want to earn a living for myself what have you learned in that process from it being a passion project to now becoming your full-time business mm-hmm. yeah wow so much but I first want to preface this by mentioning that Kara you were my coach. You were actually my business coach and you had become really pivotal in that time of seeing, okay, this is a social media platform right now, but what does it mean to start turning what I was already doing into a business, right? And I was really intentional on being under somebody who had built something that I had already wanted to. I feel like a lot of people go into either like they follow someone, they they coach or they are mentored, they're they're coached by someone or mentored under who hasn't really created something that's exactly with what they wanted. And I had the the privilege of almost like knowing about you and then seeing like, oh, what I have is I want to build it towards that. So that is honestly like a piece of advice that I'd give to anybody um in the people that you follow and learn from. Um really just knowing what you're trying to build and then 
following the light, right? (laughs) Because all the pieces of advice, whether that be professional, personal, logistical, emotional, you know, it was, it was something I knew is because you had gone through all this. So um, I really learned that it's really important to attach yourself to, to those people who are exactly where you want to go. It takes a lot of, uh, what I've also learned is um, good things take time. You know, I, I, (laughs) oh man, that is a big lesson right now. And a year ago is actually when I left my corporate tech role officially, almost a year ago, I think June. Wow. And I had made a plan. I was like, I'm going to go travel for three months. And when I come back, I'm going to hit the ground freaking running. We are going to be making this much a month. We are going to scale it to this. And I little did I know that when I would come back, oh, there was a lot other work being asked to be done, um, which was internal, which was... I can't, I can't even describe this like past six months period, but it was really a lot of like, um, learning that I was putting a lot of time and effort and energy into the wrong things, whether that was vanity metrics, whether that was creating to, to create, because this is what people wanted from me. And then learning that I was getting into this dangerous place of, showing up to my content to get the numbers to to basically fill a role that I thought was expected of me and when you get into that place for a long time um it's nothing is flowing anymore so I had to do a big pause right and a big break and realize like why was I facing so many blocks why why can't I create like I did anymore and it was honestly like a very sad and grieving period to to feel so blocked when you finally did the leap, right? No one tells you about like what it actually means to make that full-time leap and transition. Um, you think that you're going to start hitting the ground running. For the past six months, I haven't launched mm-hmm. that official thing that I wanted to. In, in, the, in the in-between, I was doing a lot of things. I was still releasing podcast episodes. I was still doing fun workshops. And that's just because I, I really care about my community. I, I mm-hmm. really feel committed to um, to, to create what I feel is needed and represent Filipino women in our culture and their needs. But along the way, you know, it felt like breadcrumbing ultimately. And that this fear that I didn't know how to stop and create a wide Mm -hmm. open space, because if I wasn't creating, then why did I leave my tech job? And if I wasn't creating and I left my full-time role, um, then what worth do I have? So I think lastly that, that, um, what I had learned was along with good things, take time and you just have to plant seeds in the right places. That's really like what I'm doing right now. (laughs) The, the seed planting part is so important. We have to always be thinking simultaneously at the short term, the midterm, and the long term. And often, especially for small businesses, we don't want to be patient because we want our ideas fulfilled now. We've been thinking about them for so long. We need the money now. Yeah. And it's money. Oh, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, you mentioned that and it was just like, ding. Because you mm-hmm. asked the question, what have been some big takeaways and what you've learned in the, this process is, man, once you go fully in it, you get a real front row seat to your money story, to your financial framework for your life, to, to realizing what money financial story you have inherited and how it's still running your business, running your decisions, running your life. And I actually have a, like, I want to turn the question to you because I like doing this on people's podcasts. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that going as a full-time entrepreneur makes you so exposed to that? Well, I think it's really easy in a traditional corporate environment where you have some level of security to just be in the system that, especially the American society wants you to be in. You work your ass off, you get a paycheck, and that's it. You can't have more. You're probably not going to have less, but you're stuck in this zone. And anyone who chooses to start their own business, 
you are doing it not just because you want more money, but you want more freedom, more impact, doing more of what you love. And when you step out onto the skinny branches and it's all is being caused and created by you and you're 100% responsible for every dollar, every cent, before you just show up and do your job and whether you had a bad day or a good day, you made the same amount of money. Yep. And now, like every minute that you're not doing what you know you're supposed to do, we're so hard on ourselves. We're judging ourselves. Oh, if I wasn't on Instagram for 30 minutes today, I could have made more money or I could have done this or I should have sent, you know, one more email, 10 more emails. We put so much pressure on ourselves thinking that more equals more because Mm -hmm. that's what we're told it is. Mm -hmm. And that's not it at all. I think also... Our money stories are deep and layered, and they're not just about money and what we've earned. It's tied into our value. It's tied into our worth. It's tied into like what we're told we're allowed to have. And there's so many parts of it. I mean, I have clients that I've worked with for years, and we've unpacked different layers of their money story at different points of their business. You know, this people... Entrepreneurs ask the same questions about a $5,000 investment as a $50,000 investment as a $100,000 investment. Mm. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have or you're playing with or you're making choices with, you always are asking the same questions. The number just changes or the number of zeros are changing. Yeah. Um, And because as a business, you're looking at what you're spending and what you're bringing in and Uh, Like, I can't charge someone that, or I wouldn't pay that. And it's like, no, those aren't the right questions to ask. Because if you, we think because we wouldn't pay it, nobody would. Mm -hmm. And that's so silly. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something I'm actually really learning, observing from my own community right now. Um, I've, whether it's through podcast guests or vendors that I've had at the pop-ups and events that I've thrown around the country. Um, is that like Filipino women often find this, this like hesitation, this um, big question around pricing ourselves. And um, because like they've heard comments before of like people from our own community saying like, why, why is this so expensive? Why is this so much? And then there's that playing of like, if you are launching a product for the first time, opening up a business, you want to feel the validation of people buying it or joining your, you know, your membership or being a client. So you want to, you almost like want to price yourself low enough so that you don't feel that rejection. But then what ends up happening is that you're undervaluing yourself. And I would say also uh, then cutting yourself short because you're not getting aligned to people. Right. And then I've even had, I've heard comments of Filipino people coming up to us and, and saying like, this should be cheaper because, you know, like this almost like we should be helping each other out. When I actually just did a podcast episode on this with a friend who, who launched this amazing restaurant in Hong Kong. And she's been a big food, um, like host and traveler. And she says some of the biggest critics that she gets us from our own people. Um, that's just like, you know, why is this pricing so high? And, and I think that brings in the bigger question of like the big, the bigger reflection of if it's from my own community and let's say like we've been historically uh, marginalized or financially, you know, struggling, then you should be helping us out and, and pricing it lower. However, we it's sad that we don't see it as like we should be valuing our own people at that same level that we would pay other people's prices. And I literally say this was like, most of us are spending without even questioning that high amount for other people's products and services. This is even like not even contained to like Filipino women or community. I just think that like, it's interesting how we easily will spend um, X amount for other people's products and services when we deem it as valuable and quality. But when it comes to, you know, our own or other people's, like, why is there that question? Why is there that, um, you know, adjustment to, to mark it down, to, to devalue it and, and stuff. And it's, it's such a hard like line or, mm-hmm. you know, game to play with yourself, especially 
when you want to see a win for yourself, but then I'm realizing like if you have really established what the value should be, staying strong in it and knowing it'll get less people, I think would make would be even better for whoever shows up because then you can show up knowing you valued yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. What no matter what community you come from. Yeah. Whether it if if it's been marginalized in any way by yeah. gender, by ethnicity, economics, all of the above. It even our own family without mm-hmm. any marginalization are often are the people closest to us are often the ones telling us that we can't do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's never because they don't actually believe in us. It's usually fear-based. Mm-hmm. Like when people are saying like, you, like, why are you charging that much? They're worried that we're going to get rejections. Like they would be worried about for their money stories. They're worried that they can't be included anymore because they can't afford to like hang out and participate. Um, they're worried that um, this whole idea of like selling out or becoming bougie or all yeah. these things. It's like, that is such bullshit holding yeah. people back conversations. You know, a client of mine recently was like, you know what? I'm going to hire a housekeeper. Like I, I don't, I need to spend those times on my business. I don't want to clean my house anymore. Like it makes financial sense to do it. Yeah. And she got called out by people saying like, oh, are you uppity now? And I was like, who are those people? Wow. I'm calling them right now on your behalf. Give me their um, number. They're going to uh, get mama bear. But I was so upset about it because that type of language is whole, is to your point. It's holding people back. It's not allowing people to rise. Like we should be celebrating people stepping boldly into these spaces. And it's really heartbreaking that the crabs in a bucket analogy shows up where people just keep trying to pull you down where they are. And it's like, no, like rise up to meet me, rise up to meet us. Like Mm -hmm. you can be up here too. Like this doesn't have to be like, I don't need to be on this Island by myself. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely face that guilt, I think, of should I be living like this? Should I be, you know, showing up with this? It's it's almost like I I related to like if you're doing work that's good and for the community, you should kind of stay modest and you shouldn't be um you know <laughs> I guess I'm so I'm going to the Philippines in like a month or so, and I'm going to be traveling while I'm launching this crowdfund. And this makes me really think like, would people support me and 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 support like funding financially funding me? Um, if I show that I was still living like this, like if I was acting flashy, should I pull back? And that's a really like that's just a really interesting thing I've noticed um in this experience of like of how I am allowed to be living if I you know if I am serving and asking things from my own community. I don't know if you've ever observed that before. I mean, I think no matter what type of funding you're asking for, you know, asking for funding should have nothing to do with who you I are because you and the business are so separate. I know. And, and this is the the truth is people want to give money to people who they can trust are going to do something with it that's good and impactful and like regenerate regenerative. Like if what you're making has so much value. So this is why we have to almost the biggest way we get stuck with our money story how we spend our money, how we use our money, like how much money we have or don't have. Is it good or bad to have money? The biggest mistake we make in business about our money story is that it's never about the money. Mm. People people say yes or no to your product for 80 million reasons before the financial reason. Like money Mm -hmm. is the last thing they step over, the cost. Mm -hmm. Do they like you? Do they believe in you? Do they want the product you have? Do they see a need for it? Are you solving their problem? Are what do you what amazing things are you giving them? You want them to be a yes all the way through. And then you're like, cool, it's 
$9.99 or it's $9.999. Like yeah. whatever the number is, that's the last thing. But they should be a yes all the way up. And then they get to make that final choice. And my experience with myself and my clients, the when you ask for what your value really is, and you said it before, when you're attracting the people who want to play that game with you, it like it's easier to sell things at a higher price than a lower price every single yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Uh, and, and something you actually really taught me during coaching, right, is, is making sure people are saying enough yeses leading up to it and really feeling that. And then it shouldn't, by that point, it really, you know, shouldn't matter. It's like two, two separate things, um, man, but it's, it's been such like, as I'm getting ready to relaunch the membership, that's, that is what I'm at this crossroads about it. Like it's time, this mm -hmm. is time now. Are you going to do it? Like you, you did it last year where you were playing it safe because you wanted enough people to come in the door and you wanted to feel like people needed you essentially. And you didn't want to feel embarrassed. Or are you actually ready to put down the number that you really believe matches this and mm -hmm. then being confident about that and like unwavering and just knowing that like you are going to bring a really good program and community no matter what. And I think I'm being really asked to use this next part of like, it's almost like universe is saying like, let's see, what do you believe about yourself now? How brave are you going to be? How brave are you going to be, right? And it, it's so funny how it's like a switch of a digit. One digit is me telling the world, universe, this is what I believe about me and about my community. Oh, mm -hmm. and it's just so like, once it's out there, right? Like, obviously you can change anything you want, but like once it's out there, it's out there and people are going to go on that page and they're going to stay on and commit or they're not. But it's like, that's kind of the point of like no return. <laughs> and I almost feel like it's this frequency shift for me. So whew, there you go. No, but, but it so is. And there's some tricks that we can do between okay. where you are now to getting comfortable with that number. Like we can do some basic math of what's the value of everything that you're giving. If someone else was selling all those mm -hmm. things individually, what would that total price be per month? Um, look at the impact it can make. If you're working with a client as a marketing boutique firm, for example, and you're doing their social media, if they're making $100 million a year, most companies are spending between 20 and 40% on marketing. Mm. Are you charging 20 to 40%? No? Cool. They're already getting an amazing deal. Mm -hmm. So we forget the, like how we're helping people. If your membership is helping people um, you know, land bigger jobs or create new connections or have yeah. more self-confidence, more self-worth, new friendships, new opportunities, what is that worth to them? You can even yeah. ask them, what mm -hmm. is it worth to you? You know, I asking your customers or your clients what it's worth to them mm, is really okay. interesting because of course there's going to be people who are like, I'd pay a dollar. And you're like, okay, you're out. Like you're no, thank yeah. you. but then there's people who would say, you know what? Like this is priceless or I'd pay a thousand dollars for this yeah. or I'd pay $10,000 for this. Wow. Because there's you, it's about what they're getting out of it and how they can't get it anywhere else and how especially for what you're creating with this community of empowerment. If someone's empowered to stand up for themselves and love themselves and believe what they're worth and have other people supporting them in that space, they can literally go from there and do anything they want. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I've, I haven't thought, heard of that question being asked of like, what do you think this is actually worth back to the community? Because um, something I, I have been good at is asking the community community, you know, why why does a why does a brand or platform around empowerment in our culture matter to you? You know, why have you started this journey right now in your life? Like what what kind of role is it playing? What gap is it filling? What pain have you been feeling growing up that you can connect with other people and just having them voice that like, how has this podcast helped you and having them share that? But then 
never that next part of just like, okay, what is this worth to you? Like what almost like, would you pay for this given the results that you find or given the way that it's helped you grow or the connections that you've made? And I think when I think of the question, the complicated part is that most people don't know how to actually, and myself included, put a, a measurable dollar value amount to all these other valuable things that we're getting that's that's quantitative and not that is is that the right word they're qualitative they're qualitative and not quantitative right and so like for example let's say like friendships it's hard to measure that quantitatively um or like content that we're consuming that's inspiring us right it's hard to measure that, but maybe that there is an indirect line to like, oh, this video watching food inspired me to start making something in my home, which now is like, I don't know, like feeding me better and making me save money on going out to restaurants. Right. So like creating this, like it, it, while it's not directly bringing value numbers wise to your life, there is that indirect way. So um, that's really interesting to make me think of that because I have, I've released like questions and answers and surveys and stuff to be like, what does this, how does this kind of movement bring value to you? Um, I've even had people say like, oh, because of this podcast episode, you know, I went for the, uh, I went for the job promotion or I started this thing on the side or I reached out and now I'm collaborating with somebody from your community membership. And those are all such great things. And I, it's kind of inspiring me to, to have people look at like what actual other numbers value does this program, does this platform mean to you? Have you actually asked that question and what has been the reception? Well, I think it's really important to frame it on something that you said and may not have noticed that you said, which is yeah. what have you gotten out of this mm. and what is that worth to you? Because we have, to your point, people don't remember, we're just like consuming, consuming, consuming and going. So if you really want to know the value of something, go ask someone who doesn't have it. Mm. If someone's not connected to their Filipino heritage, what would you pay to like really be connected and feel related to this heritage of yours? Mm. If they don't have uh, access to like women who they feel related to, what would you pay to have all these friends and supporters that are, you know, at least whatever frequency they're meeting, hanging out and talking to you and like seeing people like you. Like yeah. we, we use the phrase all the time, like representation matters, but what is representation worth to you? Mm. Oh, yeah. Sarah, <laughs> that is good. Sorry. I'm like in a coaching session once again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it because I'm taking notes. I always take notes. Um, I, I like that because we forget that when we say like diverse representation and seeing um, faces that we can relate to, hearing stories like this, this is all great and said and done, but there's people behind it who are, who are laboring and making things around it and, and have sacrificed things. And um, we wouldn't get all, you, you know, even with you, Kara, like, um, given like what you stand for and like bringing out powerful ladies and um, stories that what I see your brand as is like really bringing out the the messy, the realness stuff that, of what's behind the scenes of what it takes to be a powerful lady, which is sometimes you don't feel really powerful or you have mm -hmm. these really um, like private messy moments that no one is really talking about um the weakness or even this thing mm -hmm. that i i i put out there about like sometimes i just don't want to be powerful and i want to like <laughs> disappear for a bit right and and it matters that we're hearing these things because they're not out there so what does like representation um in your life like what asking people to like see what role has it played but what is it worth to you like if it wasn't around like really seeing that this doesn't just come out of thin air, you know, this, this, no, <laughs> no. And I think part of like the, that behind the scenes element that yeah. you really want to be pulling out and showcasing that mm -hmm. can also be true for your own business. Wow. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, it takes this many hours to prepare these workshops and these events. And it, this is what I'm not doing because oh, yeah. I'm doing this stuff. Cause there's also the, um, 
you know, the substitution costs for doing things. Like I can work at my tech job and make all the money I ever want because I was kicking ass. Or I can come here and we can make something even bigger together. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we're so afraid to sell to people who are above us or even our equal peer group because we think that we can't have a membership or a community unless we're in front of the path. And the truth is, it's so much more fun to do it with peers and to have a mix of people. And like, it doesn't matter where someone's at. It's, do you believe in this conversation and this community and this change that we're causing? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you're like, oh, I'm just going to sell it to people who are, I don't know, 20 and, you know, $5 a month is totally fine. And you're like, yeah, but what level conversation are you going to have? Exactly. And are you going to be curating? Not that 20 year olds can't have amazing contributions, right? I'm just picking on that age right now. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, who, who do you want to hang out with? Mm. Build it for them. What do you want? Build it for you. Yeah. There isn't this magical other person. And what would you pay for it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you would pay for it, you're done. Um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. I put myself in that, in that seat sometimes. And actually a big lesson that I've learned, um, is that here's a quick story. I joined what was, I'm, I'm hoping is my last cohort business coaching group in, in February. I'm just like, okay, that was it. I'm done. I mean, finish it. Yeah. It's great. Um, but something I was really asking them before joining was like, can you tell me who's going to be in this cohort? Because I want to make sure when I'm investing in something that there are people that I really align with in where I am in my life. Like I need higher level conversations. I just need like for not even in this like pretentious or superior way. I just need people who are in the the caliber that I desire because I need that like iron sharpens iron. I am in this place in my life right now where I don't want to be talking with people who are just like in ideation phase and haven't really like fleshed out their business for a year or two or done the work because I need to have these like higher quality conversations of, of people who, when I'm joining this, it's not just for the the tactics and the logistics. It's, it's to be around people who get it, who get me mm-hmm. and we can have these aligned conversations. I can be inspired back when I bring value that I'm going to get that same value back from them. And, uh, I, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately there have, you know, I, I went into this, that experience and really like not finding that part, although the program was really good in itself, um, it didn't have the people around me that I really wanted. And then that's when I really realized how high in, in necessity and value that was to me. And it makes me really look at my offering, my community, um, a little bit more seriously about who are the people that I want in this? What are who are the people I want to attract? Do I want people who are like in that beginning, you know, that beginning stage? Or do I want people who are ready to have those, those deep conversations that are really committed to their growth, that are really committed to um, what does it mean to empower each other as Filipino women and to push each other into excellence because we've walked these paths, because we have done the inner journey ourselves and are ready to step into our power. And that's who I want to bring now. And I, I had to kind of learn that a little bit the hard way, but in in a way, um, I think it really invig- it reinvigorates me to to be so like almost like protective about yes. who gets in the door or not, you know? This has been a big conversation with a lot of people lately about like who's allowed behind the velvet rope, who's allowed mm-hmm. in this VIP space. The hardest thing I have with my Thrive group coaching is making sure that we're holding the caliber of conversation that we have to. And if I don't want to have the conversations, no one else in the room wants to. So as the moderator and host and the coach, I have to be the one to know when to shorten someone's conversation and expand someone else's and like really look at who's in or who's out. Now, are we kicking people out of the group? No, that's not what I'm talking about. It's more about focusing on the offense of inviting people in who are contributing at a high level. Mm. Because, you know, people hear about memberships and they're like, "Mm, does anyone talk? Like to your point, is it all people who like wish things would change, but aren't taking actions? Have people in the work? Have they not? 
are these people like in my, in mine or like, are these people who actually have businesses? Yeah. And it's like, yes, these are people who have all had businesses for multiple years from a couple hundred thousand dollars up to millions of dollars. And they're all here because it's, there's a difference. How much money you're earning per month or per year is very different than the mindset you're bringing to it Mm. and the level of game that you're playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's attracting like who's who's playing a game that qualifies to come in and how you market your membership or group will tell people like who's who's this attractive to mm-hmm. like luxury hotels are totally promoting themselves to people who like luxury experiences who are willing to pay either they have the cash or they're going to put it on their credit card and figure it out later. But no matter what, they're committed to that experience. Yeah. And that's what you want. You want people who are committed to this conversation and experience. Right. Right. Absolutely. Isn't it so interesting, Karen? You have, you know, more view under the hood of of people like asking those questions before joining because you've either like had many different cohorts or like membership launches and stuff. But that people will ask, like, what kind of people are in here? Who's going to be there? Have they done, like, the specific questions are, like, I relate to. Um, how long have they been doing this? You know, wh- what place in their business are they at? Mm-hmm. What, how, how passionate are they? And to me, this is a reflection that people don't just join things for the curriculum, for the 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 tools, because we could all just look up a bunch of tools on the internet, on chat, whatever. We have all the information we want. People are joining things because we want connection. We want aligned connection. We want to have aligned conversation. We crave being seen. We crave being um, supported by other people in this, this journey, this roller coaster, you know? And it, it's almost like I, I feel really responsible for for determining um, exa- that that those people coming in that they will they will find that the ones who are committed um, and it just reminds me of of like we think of like yeah have you heard of so Soho House Social Club oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah so there's a reason. I feel like versus just being like pretentious and like, you know, elite class and stuff that people join those because they want to know when they're, they walk through the door somewhere that this is like their people, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And and it's not about price. It's about (laughs) what environment are you creating where I know it's my people. And it's also why to get a really powerful membership or virtual community or Mm -hmm. in-person community so much of the selling isn't digital. It's direct selling. It's Mm. inviting people personally. Like there's a tipping point where, I don't know, 50 members, uh, like there's a tipping point, depending on the game you're playing with your membership, where you need to have that solid foundation that you've personally invited people in Mm. because that's that foundation can then snowball into who they're referring, who they're recommending, who they're talking to about it then all the digital marketing for things like that kind of Mm, can activate. Assuming you want a high caliber community. And again, caliber does not mean bougie or a lot of money. Yeah. uh, That's not what it means. Yeah. When I think caliber, right. It, let's say in the context of like, this is a community around cultural reconnection, having a network of women that you relate to that, you can have healing conversations, right? So what does caliber mean here? Uh, a practice that I did once was reflecting on like who were my favorite, my favorite um, members of my last cohort. And I immediately knew, I like went to like three people. I was like, Kim, she, she was she was talking about how she's never talked before in a group and she just feels like she can open up to this one. And she was just vulnerable and she would admit that she was, she was nervous, but she was here for it. And she was like in tech, but now painting pictures of Filipino islands and culture. Like she was my favorite. Second, oh, Elaine, she was always um, listening to people and pouring wisdom because of her life experience. And, and then the third one was, you know, um, everybody loved. Vanessa, because she was showing us 
her entrepreneurial journey. And then she was reaching out to members all the time, left and right behind the scenes and like cultivating conversations offline and like creating, creating those avatars of like, okay, those are those, but that was the caliber that's caliber yeah. to me. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing to pay attention to is people get so nervous that they're not, once you create the right caliber attraction, then there's people who, you know, fit and they're like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Cause we all have yeah. Our worth story. So yeah. it's so interesting. If you stand and create your program based on what you know it needs, based on what you know you, how you want to help people and who you want invited, like just make it for that reason. Like mm-hmm. it's we dilute businesses and products and services and brands all the time because we start catering towards whoever's the squeakiest wheel yeah. versus the integrity of what yeah. a, a business is supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on that. There's the, there's the allure of scale of like, we need more in the door because that means success. And I've had to really like humble my approach to this because if I want to launch something, I want it to be successful. What does success mean? A lot of people join. What does a lot of people joining look like? Just getting more, more, more. And, um, when you, when you were talking about like, what is effective is that one on like that personal mm-hmm. invitation and that one-on-one and then the mass marketing after I, I think about how this program a membership is not like a coaching group where you have like right. 10 or 12 people or your client group, your core, whatever it is that has like 10, 12, 15, or like, even if you're not like doing a, some kind of program, whatever clientele or customership means to you. Um, I, I am wondering how to do that one-on-one-ness approach Mm -hmm. when I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to just like open the doors and onboard 200 people off the bat. I'm like, I can't do 200 calls. So like, you know, what is that? What is that personable approach mean and look like? And I'm getting creative because I know that there has to be some sort of that, you know, I heard of the, you know, I did this last time too, like a dream team of just having your, mm-hmm. your few, your super fans and then building on that. But, um, I'm curious what different, uh, approaches you've had to, to this where it's not like 10 and maybe you don't want to just have a bunch of people through without that, that welcoming one-on-one approach. Well, I would honestly start with what do you want for the whole year, what do you want to offer? How many group calls, how many in-person events, how many whatever, and figure out what that's going to cost you and then figure out how much money you need to be successful. Like what is your sales goal for this group for the year? Just for the sake of numbers, if you wanted to make a million dollars from this program in one year, you can divide it by 12 to get your monthly turn that you want, your monthly revenue. And then divide that by how many members do you actually want to do this with? You can make a million dollars having 20 people in your program. Mm. You can make a million dollars having 10, five, a hundred. Yeah. And I think we think that the only, because digital based memberships don't have a capacity, it's infinite. We think that growth is based on the infinite filling of members. When in reality, growth is based on like how much money do you actually need and want this to be so you can provide the services that you want to. And what's the right number of like the first year, it might only be 25 people. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Like, yeah, there's only Soho House can only have so many people in at one time. Yeah. So they've probably taken that and divided a little bit because they don't want full capacity every day. And they're like, great, how many members would show up every day? Okay, how many people would that be? All right, let's divide our yeah. goal by that. Right, right. You can, you can do it top down. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. yeah, because we always uh, sometimes put this number out there that hasn't really been broken down to like, why is it something I hear a lot for example, it's like a 10K month. And everyone in my group are like, we want a 10K month. We want a 10K month. Like, where did this number come from by default? And I get that it's really good to set a number that feels good and sounds inspiring. But I think the danger with putting an arbitrary number out there 
is that we start to push our our program and all the logistics around it, whether that's through like our marketing or our enrollment goals and stuff around that without really asking um, what what does this actually cost? And then on top of that, what am I actually wanting to provide? And what does that cost? And um, can you comment a little bit on? <laughs> sure. On that? I, I, um, we have to listen to our customers yeah. and we have to listen to that in balance with the vision that we have. I have mostly for my memberships in the online group coaching programs, I have mostly removed things. Like mm-hmm. nobody used it. Nobody looks for it. Nobody wants it. Mm-hmm. People want the live calls and then people want the recordings of the live calls. There you go. After that, I don't know if they care about anything else. So why are we providing it? <laughs> and and that's the thing too, because it ends up becoming, you know, people think, oh, like charge $14.99 or $29.99 and we'll get more people in. $29.99 for most people in the US is throwaway money that they spend on Amazon every day. We need to make sure that what we're pricing our services off of is a number that requires a commitment, a number that's an investment. Now, it doesn't need to be the college fund is being invested into something. No, but what's the number that's going to make them show up? Because I'm creating a community because I want you to show up. Mm-hmm. If you would pay that number and not think twice about never coming or getting any value out of it, you're not my person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to spend that money. Be like, like, like when you go to a gym. Yeah. I'm really, I don't know the data, but I would bet that more people who invested in Equinox show up than people who invest in a 24-hour fitness. Yeah, yeah. So do you want people showing up? Mm-hmm. We, we can't have a community of no one showing up. So what yeah. is that? Where's that line? You can play with it. You can have different price structures. I mean, there's the whole other element of this is why businesses need a, a value ladder. Mm. People like you and I want to help as many people as possible. Everyone can't afford everything. Everyone doesn't have the time for everything. So what are we creating where there's different tiers yeah. of access so that people can start now? Yeah. Like, okay, if you can't pay for private coaching, there's, I have 500 other options. Yeah. Don't not get coaching because you can't have private ones. Like get a download, take a course, come to the group things. Yeah. Yeah. And the best advice I got from my coach about building communities that have a lot of options is that whatever you build in your business, the target customer is always the same. The person who would pay for coaching is the same person who would come to my group online membership for coaching, the same person who will buy the course, the same person who will get the download. Mm -hmm. It's the same person. They're just choosing how much they want to invest today and how much time they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they don't have time, if like the schedule doesn't work to come to the live calls that are with the group, then they're going to choose private. Like vice versa. If they want more momentum, they might choose all of it. I I have so many people, so many customers that are choosing every step on my value ladder. And that tells me that I'm building it the right way. Right. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Something you had said earlier about just cutting out, you know, what's not being used. It makes me wonder like why we sometimes provide all these different little, different little like crumbs of value, right? Around what we have and um, making sure like it's whether that means, oh, we're going to have like this, like, I don't know, whole activities on the side and this and that, but really seeing like people are coming for X or coming for the live calls or coming to connect with you or something. And, and then realizing like that's your MVP or minimum viable mm-hmm. product, but those are all, that's like your MVP. Like that is the person that yeah. <laughs> um, your most valuable p- players are eating your MVPs also. And then building off of that, because I think that I tend to be like, and there's more, I, I'm serving you in all these other ways first, but the, your value ladder, I would assume didn't start with like, and we have 20 things. It's like, it is you know, yeah. like you understood what was actually your like minimum viable product first and then um, creating other things just as an extension off of that, right? It's 
most of the time when we see people who have all these bonuses, especially in the digital space, no one uses the fucking bonuses. <laughs> Forgive my language. Like no one ever does. Like we're I like, know. ooh, it's gonna be so great to have this whole library that I'll have access to that I'll never actually use for my yeah. business. Yeah. Or yeah. half the time the bonuses aren't worth anything. Like right. they're, they're not good bonuses. So and then you create Smart more people. work for yourself because you're like, now I have to keep building this and like yeah. all this. And you're like, maybe one person clicked on it. And then no, even yeah. like I've done promotion selling the online group coaching to be like, if you sign up now, you'll get a free one hour with me. That's actually a really high ticket item. And people, they're like, they don't care. It's not a motivator. Really? And that's a great bonus. <laughs> like we could talk about your business for a whole hour or just whatever you want for a whole hour. And people are like, eh. right. So they don't see, okay, cool. That doesn't work for you. I'm not going to include it anymore. <laughs> I'll give, I'll, I'll sell that hour to somebody who actually wants it and doesn't just want one, but they want like an entire commitment of coaching. So yeah, yeah. it's so interesting. Like what the more that you are clear on who you want to work with and what their problems are, mm -hmm. the more, like, just make it for them. Like, if you want a community or an online membership, just start with the virtual live yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And then over time, ask them what they want. And just because yeah. they want it doesn't mean you should make it. Yeah. But if you hear people saying enough, like, oh, hey, it'd be great if we had a second call a month for yeah. these reasons. Or it'd be great if, that conversation we had, could you record that and I can watch it somewhere? Or, hey, do you have that in like a PDF so I can remember that checklist? Mm -hmm. the, the things that are easy and make sense and you already have it in your bank, those are great things to add on. But we spend a lot of time making up a bunch of stuff because we like it or we think it's cool or we think they want it and we know like they can actually use it. But people don't because they're busy and distracted and they'd rather usually just ask you. Yeah, yeah. Then go find something. Yeah. And well, I would value a one-hour conversation with you, Kara. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I want it, yes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's not that people don't ask for it, right? But it's, mm -hmm. it's not, for people who don't know me, it doesn't add any value because they don't know what they're going to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm offering it as a bonus to people who have been past clients or people who have been on the podcast, then I think it makes more sense. Sure. And that also comes back to really what relationship are we building with the people that mm -hmm. we want? Like we skip over the important details all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just going to mention that it's, it's having me think when I, um, when I do this campaign that I have the crowdfund, um, people are like people advising me on this are like, well, you know, because you don't have a product when how crowdfunds work there's essentially different like supporter tiers that you can choose from and then you're going to get some some fun gifts around it usually if you were if you're launching a product you get you throw in a little hat or something or you throw in something i'm like okay this isn't a product this is a community this is a yeah. media platform this is digital content mostly um how can we get creative around the gifts that they get, you know, okay, I got some, some different Filipina makers and businesses who are doing in-kind donations. We have a little fun, like mm -hmm. uh, stickers and cards and, and pins. Okay. But we got to get a little bit, you know, think bigger. What's a high value product that I can add with this? Okay. Tier three, Crystal, you can put a one hour session with you. And I'm like, great, I can do that. <laughs> what am I talking to them about? <laughs> <laughs> with me like okay i'm not a coach i <laughs> i've never um re represented myself in a mm -hmm. uh, like giving an hour because my my role has always been to to really bring on guests to have to facilitate community and conversations to bring on workshop leaders to to give yes to give a group session of like here's how to you know meditate on what your going from perfection to peace, you know, looks like, because I relate to that, but it yeah. brings into like, what does an hour of myself look like? Or what you could do too, is <laughs> anyone who is in that tier, they get a free ticket to an exclusive guest speaker event you're doing. Mm, yeah. It could be, they get a, uh, they get included, they get free access to all the in-person events you're doing. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't need to make more. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what great now am I making more um, work for myself to be like, now I have to be kind of like coachy. Now I have to be an expert in something. What am I an expert in? (laughs) Well, you're an expert in a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But no, I love that. Like almost like just providing something you already have and that you're doing. Yes. And making it premium. So there you go. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, so I have a couple of questions for you that are um, podcast specific. So when you hear the words powerful and ladies, what do they mean to you? And do does their definition change when they're next to each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful has really redefined itself for me now. It, it's that when things when things aren't materializing as you would have it when success isn't materializing as the world makes it look to be, or whether that's numbers or money or the house that you're in, um, when you face adversity and whether, when you face really like a limitation or insecurity, whether that's an external limitation or an internal limitation, how do you decide to rise up to it, right? Um, powerful now has defined itself for me to recognize, yes, I do feel really weak right now. Yes, I do feel really vulnerable right now. You know what? I'm going to stop lying to myself and say that I can do this on my own, that I like showing up like this. I'm going to reach out for help. I'm going to, I'm going to actually let myself break down and admit that I don't have it all figured out because only in that moment, that's when you can be real with yourself and, and start opening up yourself to, to receiving and to, to letting yourself be human and get real about the solutions. And I think powerful to me looks like just finally being in a place of surrender and stopping putting on the mask and the perfection and letting yourself not feel powerful well in order to see where are you going to cut out the BS that you've been saying to yourself and really step into what life is actually calling you to be where like life is beckoning you to, to, yeah, to put away the the old patterns and, and step more powerfully into yourself. And something that I've, I've really heard is like, when we, we approach the line of fear, we usually get scared. We, we think that fear is bad, but I think that fear is actually that, that line of fear is a signal of, of everything that you actually want and hope to become is on the other side of it. Right. Um, and I think I forgot the, the, the person who quoted this, but, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but the, the very cave that we fear to enter that dark, scary cave, it holds the very treasure that we are seeking. And so being powerful means being willing to actually enter into that scary cave and journey into it. And it might take, um, some time. It won't be overnight. But are we ready to journey into that cave? Because once we we do, then we hold on to that treasure that al- allows us to be powerful. And it, it to me is actually much more powerful to to venture down that scary cave, right? And it it may mean being quiet for a while. It may mean finally confronting everything that you've been pushing away for your whole life in order to step into that and powerful ladies. And I love that you use ladies because I think that we've been um, we've taken away from this like. The, the word ladies meaning, oh, proper and prim and a little, um, you know, be a lady, be meek, be, be gentle, be quiet, be like, hold your pinky up. But I think that we are having this new definition of what a lady can be. Um, I love the word lady because my mom always taught me uh, about etiquette in class and being classy. And I, I was just talking about this with my sister. She's an attorney the uh, um, yesterday and we just really valued that out of everything out of all like our whole journey of life we've always held being classy at the <laughs> at the forefront um don't undercut don't don't uh don't take the low road take the high road you know um learn when to speak up but when not to speak up and and just that's what being a lady means to us of it's okay to hold to, to be classy in through the process of, of this messy journey. And so when I see powerful ladies together, I definitely, I love that, that almost like the, the, 
the opposite ends meeting and complimenting each other so well, especially in this day and age where it, you could be a lady and be powerful. At the same time, it holds that elegance, but also that ability to, to get really messy with yourself in order to emerge as the most powerful, elegant, graceful version of yourself. And I'll lastly end with this. When I think of powerful ladies, I've been so obsessed late, lately with Meghan Markle. <laughs> I watched the documentary with um, Harry and Ma Meghan, and I, I'm really big on archetypes. I'm really big on looking at someone that you feel can represent that next version of yourself that you want to be, um, who has walked the past, that I've really been attracted to her journey because she, man, she has had to, you know, going to the royal family, she's had to really embrace what it means to go through that journey with class, with elegance, with grace, but um, but also being powerful uh, and having to to take on so many attacks, so, so yeah. many attacks and, and be classy at the same time with it. Um, and now going on the other end and seeing her being honest, ruthlessly authentic and honest with herself has been so refreshing because man, that was, that was, that was a version of a powerful lady that I, I am feeling so invigorated by. So yeah. Where do you put yourself on the powerful lady scale? If zero is an average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on an average day? Hmm. I would say I would put myself, given my definition <laughs> of powerful lady, um, I, probably at a eight right now because I've noticed I've been giving myself a lot more grace with the hours and what I do with the day and being and, and determining what does what does um, enough look like for me in this day. And, and then in the Mar Meghan Markle version, I'd probably say like a six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been asking everyone on the podcast, what do you need? What are you manifesting? How can we help? Um, this is a powerful global community with lots of resources and connections. So what, what are you asking the audience for? Yes. <sighs> Thank you for this question. <laughs> are y'all ready? Because I'm so needy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm looking for aligned friendships, friendships who are people who are doing this, this journey, this damn thing that is very specific to this multi-faceted, multi-entrepreneurial, multi-passionate, multi-product. We know this new, this new world that we're moving into where it's not just one thing where you're not just coaching. You're not just having like this, um, you know, uh, this brick and mortar kind of shop or, or something, this new space that we're all having. And um, I'm being very real of like, I want aligned friendships so that we can support each other through it. And um, I think I'm looking for people who have been able to find that pivot from like being one person to, to now like scaling or sustaining and sustaining and scaling your business, but asking those really like messy and hard questions of like, what comes first? What business decision come first, comes first? Do I invest in this? Do I put my resource in this? Do I hire this kind of person? You know, I'm about to hire a person. Like what, like what is actually needed after that? Like, I think like that, that, um, that pivotal part of just like, when we yes. don't have all the resources to get everything we wanted to, what comes next? What comes first? What's a priority? What's not? So. I know it sounds funny that no, it's it's great to say align friendships. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that, and it's a great plug for me to say, come join Thrive and yeah. hang out because that's who's in there. Um, <laughs> maybe there's a reason I'm ending my coaching cohort right now. <laughs> maybe. Do, do you have anyone there in Texas around? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's. I actually have a bunch of people in Dallas. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then lastly for today, everyone who um, wants to hang out with you, wants to be one of those high power friends, wants to listen to your podcast, join the membership, where can they find all of the things to follow you, support you and connect with you? Definitely Instagram, because this is where I'm most active in. You could definitely reach out via email, but if you shoot me a DM on Instagram and you can see 
all the great things we have coming up from our in-person events. We have an event in Houston coming up um, and and also our, you know, our virtual chats. I call them our sister chats. Uh, we tackle some taboo topics and, and, and cultural conversations on there to just, you know, joining our lives, uh, having uh, all the updates when it comes to our membership our community relaunching soon. That's where you can find me. <laughs> and where is that? What's the handle? Filipina on the rise. That's Filipina with an F and an A at the end. Love that. Well, it has been such a pleasure to get to hang out with you again today. I always love getting to have a conversation with you and I can't wait so we can hang out in person again next. Thank you so much, Karen. I just want to say you had been such a huge catalyst and pivot powerful person in my own growth and someone that has been an expander for me. I mentioned this in the beginning and just to come full circle, you were that person that when I was just plugging into them, I was just like, I can build this. I know exactly how to build this. And, and you kind of taught me that I knew exactly what I wanted to do and build. It was just about leaning more into it. And I really thank you for empowering me in that way of just saying like, you know, you know what you need to do um, and simplifying it. And just when, when I left from that, I really felt like, yes, I have everything I have inside of me to do this. And I, I really appreciate that. That is actually what you equip everyone with. Thank you. All the links to connect with Crystal and Filipinas on the Rise are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or go to Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.